We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pack a Day podcast. Your only place where you can get 24 7 365 day a year podcast packer coverage uh, my name is tyler grezegoric i am joined by gage bridgeford tonight as we record to review this packers victory over the los angeles rams at lambeau field 32 to 18 the packers come out victorious pretty easily you know the score 32 18 uh it probably should have been a larger deficit than that um We'll kind of jump into that here in a little bit, but Gage, how are you feeling after this victory? You ready for next weekend? I, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I mean, there were this week was a roller coaster, but uh, you know it's playoff football, and uh, I'm, I'm happy that the Packers got out of uh, divisional round with a win. So I'm glad they got out of the div. The game was a little bit closer than it should have been on t- at times, but it, then again, it never felt like the Rams were really an immediate threat. Jared Goff was efficient but unexplosive, 21 of 27, 174 yards on a score. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers, 23 of 36, 296 yards, two touchdowns, also added a rushing touchdown uh, where he pump faked Leonard Floyd out of his shoes. Uh, Aaron Jones had 14 carries, 99 yards, and a score on the night. Jamal Williams, 12 for 65. A.J. Dillon had 6 for 27. It was good to see him get involved. Obviously, he left the game late with a quad injury, so we'll have to see how serious that was. He did have to be helped off with the, by the medical staff. This game 
could have been a lot worse for the Rams as well. Uh, Lazard, four for 96 on eight targets. One that would have been, if not a touchdown, it would have been a big gain. Devontae Adams had nine for 66 and a score on 10 targets. So if you guys want to say that Jalen Ramsey is an eraser, but Devontae Adams caught 90% of his targets, then sure, be my guest. Uh, Robert Tanya, four for 60 on four targets. Mar- MVS, uh, four for 33 on eight targets. He could have had a bigger day. He had one. Ba- he had one bad play. He had the one early in the game. Qu- real quick before we go any further, do you think that that play in the red zone on the first drive was his fault? Like, do you think that that was one he should have caught? Because I, I saw people are, on Twitter like, yeah, I think there are mutual levels of fault there. You know, from like, one perspective, yeah, it hits you in the hands. You got to catch that ball. From the other perspective, the throw was pretty high. It was a fingertip catch. You know, you're asking. That's a tough catch for a guy like Devonte Adams. You're asking your, like, t- your yeah. So that's see, I, w- I was thinking the same thing. I was like, could he have caught it? Absolutely. But are you going to say that's a drop? He should have got it. C- come on, man. That's if that's Devonte Adams, if that's Devonte Adams dropping that ball, nobody says anything. Yeah, that's um, it's it's just the the MBS narrative. EQ had one where he could have caught it. It was a little bit behind him, but MBS had four for thirty three on eight targets. He didn't have the big explosive plays. He was close on a couple of them. There was the uh, there was the one that Rogers missed him on the double move where he absolutely cooked Troy Hill. Um, no, it was Darius but, Williams. Oh, was, oh, Darius. Because Williams. I remember watching Whatever. it. I'm like, his, uh, Darius Williams has been known to get a little aggressive in his coverage and be jumping routes, and that's why the yeah. double move was so effective because it was one of those little in and out type things. Uh, mostly, yeah, he move, got but, him, but he just, yeah, it he, was bad, and Rogers kind of sailed it. But yeah, on the other side, that coverage, Cam Akers, 18 for 90 and a score. He had a good day. Um, lined up as a quarterback like four times, but only ever ran it. And I had a couple of. Like I saw a little bit of debate on Twitter, like, oh, just sell out to stop the run. And I get that. But on the on the other hand, you have to assume that he might pass it. That's, you have to you have to honor the fact that he could pass just it. Just throw and everyone's like throw man coverage across the board. Everybody else is everybody everybody else is on the running back. That's the way you should do it. But yeah, and yet you, you absolutely you absolutely could do that. I'm just saying I I get it. I don't think. But then again, I didn't really like a lot of what Petten did tonight, so I'm not going to defend him too hard. Josh Reynolds, 3 for 65 on 4. Robert Woods, 8 for 48 on 10 targets. Van Jefferson, 6 for 46 and a score on 7 targets. Nothing really else of note there. The defense came to play a little bit. Rashawn Gary had a sack and a half. Kenny Clark had a sack and a half. Uh, Zadarius Smith had one on the day. And Rashawn Gary was a menace. He had three quarterback hits on the night. I already said he had a sack and a half. He was just – he didn't get out there enough because they were really trying to sell out to stop the run, and that's not the packages he was in there for. And I was talking to uh, uh, Zach uh, – I can't remember. What's his last name? I was talking, But I was talking to Zach, not, not important what his last name is, and I was saying that if we were pa- if they were passing more, he would have been on the field more. So if the Packers ever get down big and they need, or if they ever get up big and they just need to pin the ears back and go after the passer, that's going to be Gary's role. He was dominant, got it, and he honestly should have had a possibility of another sack if Andrew Whitworth was called for a hold like he should have been. So just this Green Bay team from stem to stern, from start to finish, just dominated. Thirty six minutes of time of possession, nearly five hundred yards of offense on the day. Uh, closest thing you had to the turnover was the AJ Dillon fumble on his uh, when he felt when he got injured. And other than that, you never even got close. Rodgers didn't get sacked on the night. Uh, only got knocked down maybe once or twice. So Aaron Donald being hurt really hurt the Rams team. But at the same time, this Green Bay team's good. Tyler, they're really damn good. Elton Jenkins kicked Aaron Donald's ass in the limited reps that they had in the beginning of the, in the beginning of this game. 
Like, I know that Aaron Donald was playing injured, and I apologize, by the way, if you're listening to this and I dropped the word. But he did. Elton Jenkins was winning every single battle. He was dominating Aaron Donald. And it was it was really a lot of fun to watch. I told told a good buddy of mine at one point, I said, I can't take my eyes off Aaron Donald and Elton Jenkins. Like, the rest of the game is going on. That's the only part of the game I'm really watching, like, intently. Uh, Elton Jenkins was fantastic in this game. Corey Winsley as well. The interior offensive line was great. Billy Turner stepped out to left tackle, was was equally great. Right, ta- uh, right tackle Rick Wagner, he held his own. Fantastic. Overall, from the offensive side of the ball, I think I have zero complaints. Honestly, I have zero complaints. You can't talk about it. you can't talk about aggressiveness. The play calling was fantastic. The the execution for the most part outside the AJ Dillon fumble, you know, outside of the that, the execution on offense was fantastic as well. And the, they had the drops and they had a couple of missed throws from Rodgers, I guess if that's where you want to go and you really want to start nitpicking. Guy hasn't they, played for two weeks. I'm going to give him a little bit of a break. Right. And that's kind of where I was going to go with it. Maybe they're knocking some of the rust off there, you know, I think that's the other thing we don't we didn't talk about enough coming into this game is how the Packers performed poorly off of the bye and they came out now in this game at home which had a huge impact which we'll kind of we'll kind of hammer home in a little bit here they came out at home and just let the Rams have it they were Matt LaFleur I uh, at one point was still talking to my buddy I said he's the absolute anti McCarthy and from a play calling game management standpoint, just aggressive and smart and just in the sense of he's keeping Sean McVay on his toes with every single play call, with every single you know action that they're taking. That's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna win games. And you know, the Rams are able to stay in this game because they're a good football team. And good football teams stay around, they hang around in games to to win those games. Great football teams close out games, and that's what the Green Bay Packers did tonight. Yep, they went and they went for the kill shot a couple of times. There was the there was the Lazard there was the Lazard drop. Uh, there was the MV, there was the MBS play that, in my opinion, was holding. Uh, I understand people are like, oh well, then you can call holding on any on every play. Well, you know what? By the letter of the law, by the way the rules are written, it was a hold. Darius Williams held MBS's jersey the entire way. I don't want to. I wouldn't call. PI on it. I don't think it was deep. I don't think it was fast interference. So spot of the foul, no. But holding, absolutely. He he had a hold of his jersey the entire way. And nothing against Darius Williams. I don't think that Darius Williams can run as fast as uh, MBS can. I'm going to look up his forty time really quick, which obviously is not it's not the same. It's not a hundred percent accurate. But I don't think he was running four three. Darius Williams is quick, but I don't think he's four three. So his pro day, Darius Williams ran a four five five. So yeah, he was holding to keep up with MBS because MBS is fast, and he got and he got caught looking, and MBS just ran right by him. So I think that I I was a big fan of it because I've been critical of Green Bay at times this year for not going for the kill shot, and I know I've talked about it on here before. I've talked about it with Tyler before that I want Green Bay to go for the kill shot. I want them to be aggressive and keep being aggressive, and that's what they did tonight. They had a big lead, and they didn't care. They were still throwing the ball. They were still being aggressive. If it wasn't for the three kneel downs that Rodgers had to end the game, you would have finished with – it was 36-33 in terms of uh, pass to run, and then the three three kneel downs uh, was what ended up pushing you into 36-36 territory. So I, I think I loved the way this Green Bay team played on both sides of the ball. Uh, defense, I would have liked to see a little more – Consistency. They would do something that was working, and then they went away from it, and it would bite them. And I didn't under—I still don't understand why. And I never will. I know that 
we'll see a clip of somebody asking Petten about it in the middle of the week, and we'll all get a chuckle because Petten's a like bristly old guy who doesn't really like to answer questions, but. I just I don't understand it. You see Jair, and I know Tyler and I talked about it before we got started. Jair Alexander with Cooper Cup out, just put him on Robert Woods and say anybody else can beat us outside. I don't care who Van Jefferson, Josh Reynolds, whoever. Just say, hey Jair, go find Robert and just follow him all day. And that's exactly what happened. Jair was the closest target on three plays, and he allowed one catch for negative three yards. And I and I said it late in the game on Twitter when he blew up the screenplay. I said, oh, so that's why they haven't been throwing a Jair all night. He's really damn good, and I don't understand why you don't use him as an eraser more. I understand it's the he erased half the field thing, but when the other half of the field is Kevin King, who excels in press coverage, let him play in press coverage. If you're playing a press on one side and off on the other one because Jair is athletic enough and instinctive enough to make those plays – then go ahead and set Kevin King up for success. Say, hey, Kevin, I get it. You're not going to be a pre- you're not going to be an off coverage guy. You're going to miss a tackle if you're too far away. So let's just put you up on the line of scrimmage. Let you use your size and physicality and see if you can do something with it. And if you get burned on a play, so be it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I would rather watch Kevin King get burned because his physicality messes up than to watch him try and tackle a guy on a screen and give up a seven yard gain because he can't tackle the first time. So the, but the defense, I like, it's hard to nitpick on this one. Like you allowed 18 points you had, and that's with a two point conversion that they stole from the Miami dolphins. Jared Goff had less than 200 yards. Cam Akers only had 90 yards on the ground. It was an all around. It was a good day on both sides of the ball. If you had to criticize one thing, it's special teams, which there's nothing new there. Like Mason Crosby got hurt, but he continued to play the rest of the game. Tavon Austin struggled to read the ball. Malik Taylor brought a ball out of the end zone for some reason. Why does anybody force or like allow Green Bay to like take touchbacks? If I was any team, I would force Green Bay to return it because Green Bay can't, and they've never been able to return it. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, 
you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yeah, I think I said something in a similar light for Malik Taylor. Like It was a great story coming through camp, but what is the real impact he's brought to that position? It's very incredibly minimal. The, one of the games available. where the one game where Green Bay was missing like seven of their receivers, he had like three catches. But that's not even that's not even the position of a returner, which is what I'm talking about right now. Oh yeah, I, I know. I was just like I was trying to think <laughs> what Taylor like, has brought this year. Returning return wise, nothing. I whenever he returns the ball, I never think he's gonna have a big play. When I see guys like Cordero Patterson uh, and Michael Hardman, Tyreek Hill. Uh, Hell, Devonta Smith in college. There's guys that I – Jalen Waddell at Alabama also. When I see certain guys, I'm like, okay, that guy can make a play happen. Nothing against Malik Taylor. I don't think that. I don't think he's going to do anything big with the ball. I don't. Granted, I don't think Jamal Williams is either, and I know he's the other guy out there. So I don't know if it's – and it's not just because Urban's not there. Just our special teams, like our return unit, just – that's not their thing. That's not what they do. They've, they're never going to be big explosive returners unless we get lucky and hit on some guy on the day, on the third day of the draft. We're never going to make a concerted effort to invest in that position. Tavon Austin's never going to be a kick return guy, no matter how many of us want him to do that. He's a punt return guy, and even that he struggled at tonight. So, like what I saw the stat during the game, our longest punt return of the year is 11. It's better than last year. Sad. I think last year the highest was zero until like week 10 or something like that. But it was – I don't know. The point is um, – I actually, you know, I believe that moving forward, I, I do think that if he can get the defense down, the offense where he wants it, he can start turning his focus to other areas of the team. That's Matt LaFleur. And maybe started finding players that better fit those types of roles. Um, but at the same time, you know, with as, as frugal and as uh, uh, rewarding as the touchback rules are nowadays, unless teams start start game planning that part of their game which they probably have other things to focus on unless they start actually doing that what's the point in investing in it i get that you know because you're gonna get the ball to 25 you say hey every time it's in the end zone just don't return it um you just need somebody back there that's gonna catch the ball but um let's go on to the let's go on to the packers offense versus the rams defense uh they obviously eliminated aaron donald uh, and then jalen ramsey uh was made a fool at times by Devonte adams uh and you know these these two guys uh were jawing it up all week long even into the game Devonte adams was over there pre-game talking to jalen ramsey talking him up and um, nine for 66, as you said, and the one touchdown. Uh, you can't even get mad at Jalen Ramsey for the touchdown that he did the give up. The touchdown was not his fault. No. That was not his fault. Absolutely yeah, nothing absolutely. he could do. Absolutely nothing he could do. And, you know, but there are other plays that, I'm, that I have in my head where a couple slants from Devontae where Jalen just looked he lost. Yeah, the, like he, there the was, slant where they, like, following the hold, like following the hold on Bob Tunyon, the one where he got, like, 13 yards, that – that was a that was Jalen got beat. He got caught on his heels, and Devontae hit him with the stutter, 
And as soon as Devontae cut inside, Jalen had no shot because he was already leaning back and he fell back like a, a couple of yards. And it looked like someone came up and pushed him, but it wasn't. It was just his momentum was carrying him backwards. And he, he like you can't play on your heels, especially against like a guy like Devontae who is so shifty. You can play you can may you can maybe play on your heels against a guy that's like a size guy or maybe a speed guy, but a shifty guy like Devontae, you can't do that because he's going to catch that and he's going to go inside. What's he going to do? He's going to go and rip off a 13-yard gain. Yeah. So Devontae had Jalen's number all night long. Nine for 66. Yeah, it wasn't a huge it wasn't a huge yardage day. It wasn't. He like in fantasy points, it's a 22 point day. It's <laughs> pretty freaking good. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, he had a good day. But and the thing is, they talked about it on the broadcast too. I think it was Daryl Johnston talking about Alan Lazard. And the reason why he got so open on that last touchdown was because he does a lot of the dirty work underneath. And so you see, you know, that's how you, you saw the safety creep up on that. The safety bit hard on that play action. Both uh, of them did. You saw the corner and safety right. both drop in thinking that they're all. And then they you could see them both clicked at the same time they're like uh oh we're we're beat how does how does nobody see aaron Rodgers make that adjustment though i mean i don't know there's a reason that he is the best at what he does there's a reason he won mvp there's a reason that for 15 years he's been doing the same exact thing he is more in tune with his offense than any than i think any quarterback in the league uh, this is this has, offense. Sorry, this offense for him is the most in control and the most he has influenced the offense. I think I'm trying to think of maybe maybe when he had one of his MVP years, but I think that was just him playing out of his mind. When I, I think talk that was about playing him, out of his mind, he's just pulling all the strings right. correctly right now. Exactly. So I 100 percent agree with you. This isn't one of those where Rodgers is just. I'm better than all of you. I'm better than everybody else. No one can touch me. It's not that. It's I have more control over my offense and getting guys in the right spots than anybody else. He's made Bob Tunyon into a really good tight end. And granted, I lo- grant I love watching Bob. Just anytime he runs somebody over is just the funniest oh, he's so much thing ever. Because love it. it, and it's great. It's all it. You can understand why him and Kittle work out together in the offseason. Did you have the opportunity to read see- his players' tribune story? I have not. I've not gotten to read it yet. You need I'm to read, read it. it. Uh, and if you're listening I, to this podcast, please good. go read his Players Tribute story because it is great. Uh, and heard, reading I've that, it's really good. I yeah. haven't gotten to read it yet. Reading that in advance of this game and seeing how these guys interact. If you've read it, you understand. If you haven't read it yet, go read it, and then you'll understand when you look back on this game because the the way that these guys interact, the way that they love each other. It's evident, and um, that's that's part of the formula to creating a winning team and a winning, winning culture. Uh, everybody's happy, and you know my um, my wife was pointing out when Alan Lazard scored that final touchdown, Devontae Adams handed uh, Lazard the crown. Rogers handed him the crown. These guys are selfless. They want to see everybody succeed, and. It, that's ultimately what's going to make this team great. Um, so with, with that being said, let's move into our key plays for the game. I know we were talking about this briefly beforehand, but uh, why don't you start with yours? Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, You'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, 
Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. For me, it's the A.J. Dillon fumble that Aaron Rodgers recovered. And so, so the key thing here was the Rodgers recovery. And I kind of talked to Tyler, and I kind of asked him what he thought was his. And the reason that this one was mine is that drive right there. So that's, that play happens on second and four. Rodgers recovers it, turns it into third and three. It's a seven-point game. You're at your own 30-yard line. If that play, if that ball bounces and the Rams recover it, they now have to go 30 yards to tie the game up with, what, like less than five minutes on the clock? Let me double-check here. Uh, like le- less than six minutes on the clock. There's a there's a lot of time available. And if that ha- – so if Rams get it, they score. Yes, they obviously – they got the ball back. The next drive didn't score or whatever. But if they get the ball there, they score or even just kick a field goal. It's now a four-point game. It's just – it's closer. You have less margin for error. And instead – Rodgers recovers it. MVS, and MVS bailed Rodgers out on the next play because Rodgers' throw was off target, which goes back to I think Rodgers was knocking off some rust. He was a little off target all night. MVS bailed him out and went and got that big first down. And then what happens? Alan Lazard, which we just talked about a couple minutes ago, beats a safety in a corner for a for the touchdown that's ultimately your dagger play. If Rodgers doesn't recover that fumble, the the momentum was and not really in it. Not yeah, only recover, he, but then advance yeah. it and get a yard. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. The Rams or Green Bay scored on their first possession of the half, and then since then they had gone six plays for twenty-seven yards and a punt, eight plays for twenty-seven yards and a punt, and then the, and the Rams had scored, but the Rams granted had also punted two times. So right here, if you don't recover that fumble and the or and advance it, then MVS's third down conversion gets more difficult. You're you'd or if you don't get the ball, then the Rams have it and they can score. So I think that that was my key play of the game, just because of what happened immediately following instead of that drive turning into a punt or a turnover, it turned into the dagger. Yeah. And I fully agree. And so we'll, we'll get into mine and for the sake of being different. And also it leads into our final topic. Uh, but for me, it was the initial, we're going to go all the way to the very beginning of the game. The first minute and a half when the Packers held the Rams to a three and out to start the game, that entire drive, I think it was, uh, they gave up like two yards or something on that, those three plays. Um, that drive set the tone for the entirety of the game. The crowd got into it. The crowd got rowdy. It set the attitude, uh, the attitude level in favor of Green Bay there. The momentum already shifted at that point. And then the offense took the ball and did what it did and grinded the Rams down. They didn't, until the end of the game, they were not making big plays. They were just grinding it out on offense versus that Rams defense. The mentality of the game of we're just going to be bigger stronger and faster than you are was established right there and the crowd fed into it and thus the home field advantage truly started to take a tra- uh, take effect at that point this is why home field advantage matters this game might have been different if it had been played in LA 
I, uh, the Packers might not have won this game had it been played in L.A. simply due to some of the momentum swings and the, the way that the crowd got into it, the way that they're banging those stupid signs on, on the metal. Like, those things mattered in this game. Uh, they came in at key moments. And so with that, we can kind of start to swing into the home field advantage discussion and how it can play an effect in a in a possible matchup against a more veteran quarterback because it's going to be a more veteran quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, which is crazy to talk about. It will be a more veteran quarterback in Tom Brady or Drew Brees coming to Lambeau next week. Um, you know, what What did you see from the home field advantage this week and how do you think it can carry over into into the championship game? So I think that it made more of a difference than I thought. So obviously the discussion all week long was, oh, well, Jared Goff in two games playing in below X degree weather, below three, below freezing. He's got no touchdowns, five picks. They're, they're one and one, whatever. Obviously it ended up not being that cold. The flurries happened, but they were very, very minuscule. There wasn't a whole lot going on there. So the you could tell that the home field advantage made a difference in terms of the noise. Those signs – were loud they obviously they had what what was the total like 9k people there or 8k people i think it was eight eight or nine but it was it eight, was not so that not, a, not a lot but it sounded like a lot and those signs were making a huge difference and granted i saw somebody on twitter say oh well they should have these signs for every game all the time to that person i don't know who you were you do understand that most of the time there's not a bunch of empty seats going around so they can just sit there and bang <laughs> these these signs on the on the right the, the benches right I, I like the sentiment. I like the idea, but it doesn't work when there's people there because I don't think Joe Schmo from out of town and is going to like when you There's rules about what you can give out to the crowd and the noise they can make and such as well. So you got to well, consider you can that. Use but the the, the, the blow up noisemakers, right? I think so. You can use like the bells, but that's. Okay. But anyway, so. Anyway, just, yeah. <laughs> the home field advantage made a huge difference, and it's going to make a huge difference next week because if you can do. I'm going to go. I'm going to talk about Brady first, and then I'll go into Breeze in a second. But. Brady, because Breeze is more used to playing in a loud environment. Brady doesn't. And he and he also, similar to Ramsey, when he gets frustrated, he's very animated. I know we've seen it. And I love clowning Brady when he looks when he's sitting there whining on the sidelines. I love watching him go and just ream out everybody on his sideline like he like he didn't mess up. Because when he makes a mistake, no one comes after him. But as soon as somebody else makes a mistake, he comes after him. I get it. I get he's the most accomplished quarterback that we've ever seen. He's setting records on records on records. I get it, all that. But in this environment, in Lambeau, if Green Bay gets a little bit of a lead and then the fans get loud and they get behind him and then you got Brady, if you can get him rattled and get him in his own head, which is it's really tough to do. He's been the most clutch quarterback that we've seen for the last 20 years but you can do it. You can get in his head and get him rattled, and it can get him off his game. And then all it takes is one mistake. Against this Green Bay Packers team, it just takes one mistake for them to make you pay and then them to not let you back in the game. For Breeze, Breeze is used to playing in a loud environment. Obviously, New Orleans is loud. That's the giant discussion point all the time. Personally, I would rather play New Orleans and Breeze, but that's just because I don't want to have to listen to people talk about Brady for a full week. I just, I just don't. I can't deal with it anymore. I talked to uh, J.J. Leahy during the game about how they were, oh, well, they're bored. They're already talking about Breeze and Brady. Yeah, sure. I don't care. They talked about the Rams all week long. How how much did we actually hear everybody talk about Green Bay this week? Zilch. Nada. All we heard all week long was Rams could upset Green Bay. They might do it. They got the defense. Jalen Ramsey's going to hold Devontae Adams to negative 12 catches for negative 300 yards. Recency bias. I, 
I but, get it. But I, I said to JJ, I was like, fine, don't talk about us. I don't care because I know how this Green Bay team is. I can tell who does and doesn't watch us because someone during the game or like in the pregame is Green Bay's defense has been soft. They've been giving up runs like all all year long. They've been terrible against the run. Not the last six weeks they haven't. They're, yeah, exactly. They're 13th against the run on the year. They're 7th against the pass on the year. Yeah, sure, this Green Bay defense is soft. Whatever. You don't watch the games. That's not my fault. The best so, thing about this defense, and to play into your point there, they play complementary defense. This defense is not built to sustain this team. You know, last year when they went 13-3, and at times this defense did do that. This defense carried the team. This year, and I think this is the way that they would want that they would prefer it to be. The defense plays complementary football to the offense. So if one of them is off, maybe you know if the defense is off, I think the offense can sustain this team for victory. If the def- if the defense is off and the offense is off, I don't know if the defense can can do enough to get this team a victory. That's that's the argument to be made. That's where they're not aggressive enough. That's what they could improve on to make this team a complete team. I mean, obviously, I think we're just going to disregard special teams at this point because it's a lost cause. But the the defense is good enough, that's talented enough to be that way. I just don't – like, we've talked about this so many times. They have not been put in the best position to succeed under Mike Pettin. And it's so frustrating to watch from week to week. Every week, I'm like, why aren't they doing this with Jair Alexander? Why are they still five yards off when it's a one yard, it's third and one? Why are they doing these things? Like, it doesn't make why any sense. Why are they sense. playing soft when all their run, the Rams are running is a two yard out? Uh, right. Kevin King. That's all they did. Like, why is Shannon Sullivan on a third and three or whatever it was? Why is Shannon Sullivan, why is Shannon Sullivan six, seven yards off the line of scrimmage? Explain that to me, Mike Patton. It makes I, no sense. I, and those are the frustrating things that we need that we need to talk about. But overall, this defense does enough. You, you mentioned it earlier. They, they, there's there's little to really shake a finger at. We can look at it from a schematic and from an aggressive uh, a standpoint of aggressiveness, and we can say that they should be doing these things better. But when we look at the statistics, statistically, this unit is performing. And so it's really hard to make an argument at times uh, against this defensive unit. They're doing enough to let this Packers team succeed because the offense is just that good. And so with a home field advantage, trying to get us back on track here with Tom Brady, I think this team, knowing, seeing this team grow up and develop and evolve the way that they have, I'd be willing to bet that they want to see Tom Brady and the Buccaneers next week. I'd be willing to bet that they want to make up for that folly earlier in the season. I think it was like week six or something like that against the Buccaneers. That is the last bugaboo on this team's back. That is the last monkey that they have to put back in the cage. If they can do that, there is nothing that this team has not done this year already. And uh, so I think that's what they want to do. I would like to see Tom Brady come back for that reason to put the rest – put rest – to put to bed, put to sorry, thank you. Yeah. To put to bed the conversation about Rodgers versus Brady, just a lot of those different things, they can take care of business next week. The Buccaneers team does not scare me that much. They don't. Uh, offensively, they've started to play well. That is true. I think the Packers are better uh, in a in a sense of wholeness as we talked about with the Rams who had the number one defense I think it's the same concept with the Packers offense is 
better than the Buccaneers offense, even though it's still pretty good. The Packers defense is better than the Buccaneers defense as a, as a whole. And I think that's where the conversation ends. All right. So quick thing about the, the Bucks and how they're playing better or whatever. So if you look at the Bucks schedule over the last several weeks, so they beat Washington thank last you. week by eight. <laughs> this is part of my they, point, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I because I heard you say it, and then I thought back to all week long when I've been listening to podcasts and I've been listening to people that have been watching Bucks football, and I've been watching, looking, or listening to people that have been watching Bucks box scores. So let's see, they beat the they beat Washington, who was starting Taylor Heineke, and they beat them by eight. Congratulations, you beat the Falcons. By 17, you beat the Lions by 40. I'll give you that. You beat the Lions who are picking seventh in the draft by 40. You are, you guys are nailing it. And you beat them when, that was when the Lions had no coaches at all. You're great. You beat the Falcons by four. And that's after the Falcons had you in a 20-point hole at halftime and they imploded. Congrats. You beat the Vikings by 12 when Dan Bailey had the worst game of his life. And you did it on the road. Congrats. You beat the Vikings who finished, what, 7-9 and nine all the year? Congratulations. Then you lost to the Chiefs 27-24. Oh, that's good. You lost by three points. Yeah, that's after Tyreek Hill made you his son for a quarter and a half. If the Chiefs wanted to blow you out, they would have. You're not good. And then you got beat by the Rams and Jared Goff 27-24. Oh, did you lose on the road? No, you lost at home when Jared Goff, again, sunned you 376 yards and three scores. Congrats. The Bucks are not good. The Bucks have been playing bad teams. The good teams beat bad teams. You're absolutely right. But I have not seen them play a good team in two months and and beat a good team. And I don't I don't fear the Bucs. I don't. Yes, the Bucs had a great game and a great game plan against Green Bay back in October and beat Green Bay when a historic meltdown happened. Rodgers threw a pick six, followed it up with another pick. Bakhtiari got hurt. You couldn't keep a hold of the ball. You couldn't stop the run. Everything went wrong. That's how Green Bay loses. They don't. When Green Bay loses, they lose big. They did the same thing against the Vikings. So everybody that wants to say you don't want to play the Bucs, no, I don't want to play the Bucs, and it has nothing to do with the team. I don't fear either one of these teams that Green Bay could play next week. I just don't want to have to listen to the Brady Rogers narrative. I just don't. I just get annoyed listening to commentators. And if I can get out of having to listen to them talk about Brady for a week, I'm okay with that. I fear the Saints more than I fear the Bucks because that defense can make an impact. That defense could impact Rogers. It's not going to stop Devonte, but Kamara scares me. Michael Thomas. Uh, I mean, Michael Thomas doesn't scare me. You got Jair Island, baby. I don't care. There, but yeah, we've already talked about it though. It's not an yeah, island. No, no, fucking... cause, well, because Michael Thomas is an actual good wide receiver, so Jair Alexander actually might get to guard him instead of just having to guard Van Jefferson and Josh Maybe. Reynolds for a game. <laughs> Maybe I I just want to see Mike Patton. It seemed like he got away a little bit from what was making this defense so much fun to watch the last few weeks, and maybe that's just the change in game plan. You know, Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos were ghosts in this game. It almost felt like they weren't there; they were just kind of present. I was thinking the exact same thing. Savage had two tackles in this game, and. Adrian Amos had five and yeah but I was thinking the exact same thing you were when you were talking a couple a few minutes ago I went and I looked because I was like Savage I didn't hear his name called at all tonight he had two tackles and one solo tackle Amos had five and four they didn't do anything the closest the only time I heard either one of their names called was when Adrian Amos got 
quote unquote beat on the touchdown to Van Jefferson. He didn't even get beat. It was just a good throw and catch by Jared Goff. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and again, another situation where it's like, why are you guys playing five or six yards off the wide receiver when there's five yards to get in the end zone? Anyway, but uh, I digress. Uh, those are the concerns that I have with the defense. Very minimal overall. Very, 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 very satisfied with this Packers victory over the Los Angeles Rams in this divisional round of the 2020 NFL playoffs. Uh, Man, in a crazy year, this is this is just one of the few bright spots right now. Uh, I mean, we're already in the 2021, I guess. So I guess it goes in the 2021 bucket, but I'm going to still put no, it in 2020. This is still 2020. <laughs> this is still 2020. The, the, what we've had so far in the first two weeks of the year, this is still 2020 rollover. <laughs> the rollover. All right. Well, do you have any final final notes or tidbits to add before we sign off? Uh, I don't. Um, I've seen – a lot of I've seen some negativity on Twitter so far. I've seen a lot of positivity, but uh, negativity is going to happen. I get that, um, and I understand we've said some negative things so far on the pod, but that's kind of our job. We got to look at the positives. We got to look at the negatives. Um, this team's really good. Aaron really Rodgers good. is really good. Really enjoy, fundamental. Enjoy this team. Everything. Yes. Enjoy this team. You're 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 not you're not the Lions. You're not the you're not the Jets. You're not. You're not any of these teams that are picking in the top 10. You're a, this is a very good football team with a clear direction. They have Matt LaFleur, who is one of the best coaches in football already. Some people yeah. still want to put – I saw some people say they take Robert Sala over him, who is yet to coach <laughs> a game in the NFL. I, no love, I think this – yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the Sala hiring makes a lot of sense for the Jets. I really do, especially since he got Mike LaFleur to go with him. But – this team has a clear direction. I can't believe you they said that. A, they have a great GM in place. I really like the way this team is set up. I think they're set up for a lot of long-term success. Enjoy it. Get to celebrate this win. Be happy. Let's let and then come back. We'll talk to you guys again next week. I'm pretty sure. I I know I'll be back. Tyler will be, be back. back. Uh, we might have Mike with us. We might have Brennan with us. Who knows? We'll be. Uh, I think we'll be previewing the game for Sunday next week. So, yeah. Because the game, they're both on Sunday, right? Yep. Okay, so yeah, we'll be previewing next week's game. Uh, come back, listen to us. If you have any feedback, again, leave it on my Twitter at GBridgeFordNFL at Tyler underscore Grez over there. Uh, you can find all of my work there. Um, doing, we're doing. I know we're doing draft coverage uh, for Dynasty Nerds as well as um, Game on Wisconsin. We're going to start ramping that up here in the next few weeks, uh, especially immediately following the Super Bowl. We're going to kick that stuff off uh, just to kind of preview that. Um, I know I'm doing basketball stuff. I know Tyler's got some work that I'm going to let him plug here in a second. So just be happy. Enjoy the enjoy the league that you got. Enjoy the team that you have. Uh, focus on the positive stuff because this season has had a lot of negativity at times. I've, I saw some people like mid-game saying we needed to cut certain players that definitely didn't need to be cut. Just quit having recency bias. Lazard had a good game. Yes, he had a bad drop, but he had a good game overall. MVS had a good game overall. He had a bad drop. He had a good game overall. Just – Stop being a victims of the moment and celebrate the good things when they happen, okay? I don't think I could have said it better, any better. And, um, yeah, you know, as, as Gage said, make sure you're leaving us feedback. Let us know what we can do better. Uh, let us know if you're looking for specific content. Just just reach out to us. Let us know. Go go on to the Pack-A-Day podcast uh, subscription pages and your various podcast listening platforms and make sure you're leaving reviews there. Uh, make sure you're dropping a rating, hopefully five stars. Uh, if you're not leaving five stars, definitely let us know why. You know, like I said, like I just said, let us know what we can do better so we can get those uh, five stars from you but uh until next time uh we're we're gonna sign off but uh the packers are going to the nfc championship game we'll talk to you next weekend go pack go
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.